This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Whether packing for a destination vacation or planning a staycation, Macy's has everything you need. Summer's almost here, and I'm so excited to take a trip with Bryn. We are planning it right now. We are heading to Macy's before we pack to grab new shoes we can wear all day with anything. I'm excited to lay in the sun with key pieces from Macy's, like my new Dolce Vita sandals and Levi's skirt. I am ready to relax and look and feel amazing. Oh, how good that sounds. Of course, I can't forget a new beach bag. I have been eyeing the collection of beach bags from Macy's, and I can't wait for you to see what I choose. Shop at Macy's.com slash own your style. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. So we've been talking a lot about Kanye. And when I mean we, I mean I, but frankly, everyone. I mean, I guess at a certain point, uh, the Kanye chronicles were the conicals, K-A-N, were uh, trending above the Super Bowl. And while people are making jokes and talking about it, it is obviously no laughing matter. And I talked on here about the fact that it's a cautionary tale because it's something that you can all learn from, we can all learn from as it pertains to breakups and divorce. And emotional challenges. It's obvious that Kanye's going through something. Uh, I only ever really want to talk about it here, meaning popular culture or sort of fodder and gossip, if it has some deeper meaning, some deeper lesson, and where it's sort of just shining a light on an issue that we can all discuss. So basically, I was in a relationship with someone who had erratic emotional tendencies. Uh, some of that I later found out was substance-based. Some of that was just their basic emotional genetic DNA makeup. And emotional times and breakups and major traumatic stress events 
can really exasperate something like that. A breakup, a divorce is traumatic. There was a debate on the housewives between Dorinda and Sonia, how Sonia felt that it was like a death and Dorinda felt that that was belittling the death of her husband. And I actually did agree with Sonia that for certain people, a divorce can be a death. I know the person is still around, but that could even be more traumatizing because you have to think about them with someone else or you have to just know that they exist or the hope of getting back together or uh, the memory of what once was, seeing them with someone else in this new life and you wish you did everything differently. I mean, there are so many things that can happen. But I was in a relationship with someone and I used to say in my mind, and don't take this, this terminology wrong, the freaks come out at night. While Kanye does post during the day, at night you get his free association of thought. You get a different brand of texting. Now, in my case, that seemed to be substance fueled. It seems like something's going on at night that's heightening the conversation and it's usually something that the person regrets the next day. And we all know emotions flare up. You're home alone. The idle mind is a devil's playground. While Kanye was spending time with Julia buying clothes and buying baby Birkins for all her friends, that will activate you. That's something that could sort of keep you on adrenaline during the day. You can work. You can go, uh, you know, meet up with friends. You can be busy. At night, people have their own lives and their own families, and that's when we are all really left alone. That's when Valentine's Day can trigger. That's when any family event can trigger. So clearly, there's been an emotional trigger, and it's at night, and it seems to be fueled by something other than just... Uh, jealousy and I know there's an emotional component I know there and I'm no expert or doctor on emotional issues or psychological or mental health issues but something is definitely going on but what I also thought about in dealing with a situation like this I've dealt with two sides to this I've dealt with a situation where a person was at night sending me very emotional text I'm in love with you you're the love of my life I dream about you and then these like poetic long litany and they're almost intoxicating. Like you feel loved. It's 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 a little bit like waterboarding. You you almost believe it because it seems so over the top and overwhelming that it it feels a lot like like love. And it may be. It's a hybrid thing. So that I'm just gonna put that to the side. In addition, thinking of the other person in that relationship, the Kim of it all, I was in a situation where a different ex partner would send hundreds and thousands of emails badgering me, saying negative things about me, abusing me, emotionally beating me up. You're old, you're ugly, you're irrelevant. LOL, I heard you had a bad day today because something was bad in the press. Or, oh my God, um, what a loser. I mean, really bad stuff. And it was it was every day, it was systematic. It was It beat me down, it almost killed me. It went on for a long time. But it comes in different waves. And I'm recognizing a lot of this in this behavior because another wave was for months, this ex of mine was CCing someone that I was dating every single day on every email. It could be about my daughter's rain jacket or boots and they were CCing this person just to embarrass me and make me look at, oh, LOL, you're ugly and irrelevant. Ha ha, this happened. But CCing this person that I was in a relationship with to the point where this person had to send a cease and desist, a legal cease and desist to my ex. And it was like, it was trolling, it was harassing, it was stalking. And I was dealing with all this privately, which brings me to the fact that there is, it's a horrible thing that Kim has to go through because first and foremost, the kids matter and that she's actually experiencing this. And if we're seeing a, a slice of it, 
it's much greater. But and and there's the power that Kanye has of the media. Uh, but there's some sense of validation to it also for her. We're all seeing, wow, this is really crazy. People are feeling sympathetic towards her and people are feeling her pain and, and, and seeing some of what she's dealt with. And for me personally, I did not have that validation. Everyone thought, oh, you know, that I'm unlovable or I'm, you know, I, I don't want to get into it because I don't like to just gossip for the sake of gossip. It only has to be about the lesson. I don't want to talk about anyone else, particularly because there are kids involved, but um, in my particular situation, I was just advised, just be quiet, keep your head down. You can't defend yourself. One day the truth will come out. And that was literally almost a decade for me. And the truth was just sitting there. And I was just this person that was this famous person who was in a relationship with just a regular poor victim. And I just had to take the punches every day. I took the punches in the press. I took the punches when I was doing my, my radio show. I took the pr punches all the time. I was the villain for a while and no one could see what was going on. The only thing I'll say is that Kanye is doing all of this so publicly that people are seeing what's going on. It's incredibly sad for the kids, but some people are so devious that they really wanna be these salespeople and, and be, hey Dan, how's your golf game going? And be nice to everybody and be, you know, the favorite parent um, doing all the play dates and, and, and creating this whole, you know, hulky salesperson image, but at home, they're really making you suffer and, and, and abusing you. And I'm sure many of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You could be the person in the relationship that is maybe the more out there person and you may be the more controversial person. And then maybe your partner is the popular one. They're the one who's more of a salesperson. They put the big show on for everybody and they're more loved. But what goes on behind closed doors is something that most people don't know about. So... Whatever's going on behind closed doors with uh, Kim and Kanye is not our business. Uh, and I've mentioned before that he's doing himself a disservice as it pertains to the welfare of his children and custody. But there's a lot that goes on behind closed doors because people put out there what they want the public to see. And both of them can't necessarily say all that goes on behind closed doors because the media and the public is uh, a dangerous game. Uh, number one is just the most important about the kids. And this is very, very sad for kids. And to be part of a public machine is really unfortunate for kids. And many people really parade their kids out from day one. And there is no way to know the harmful effects of that. Uh, there's no way for us to think that it's absolutely great for us to just be promoting our children all the time if they're too young to emotionally understand what that means. There's no way. I, as a parent who, I am I am a fairly public person. I have a daughter and I choose my own path. There are some people that post pictures and blur their entire kid's face out. I think that is an interesting choice. Don't post your child if you're gonna put like a sticker in front of your kid because then it might make them feel weird. They're the kid with no face. Uh, and I don't believe in just posting your children ad nauseum every single moment that they experience and everything they do. I think there's a balance based on the fact that there's social media in the world right now and kids are part of it and tweens are on TikTok and Instagram and they're aware. And I think like, just like the way we eat, are we supposed to eat our weight and bacon and steak and cheese because it's keto or because it's Atkins? No, but are we supposed to eat our weight in, in, in grains and, and green juice because it's healthy? 
No, we're supposed to have a somewhat of a balance. So there's got to be a balance. So I don't, I believe that there's something provoking Kanye as far as the public nature, but he, this is the life he chose. This is the life they chose, the public life. And you can't enter into the public life and talk about all of the beautiful and wonderful things about a relationship and how great it is. And this is the present she bought me and he bought me and look at our life and look at our money and look at our cars and look at our kids and look at our houses and look at our awards and look at uh, us at this event and look at my amazing fashion and my dress and the love and the generosity and the romance and the flirtation and our favorite song and all of that. And you can't expect us to look away when it turns sideways because we were all there rooting for the dress, the relationship, the jewelry, the love, the romance. So we're all interested because we all are in relationships ourselves and we want to understand what creates the demise. What happens now? We've been through divorces. We've been through breakups. We've been through challenges. And to see these people who are on pedestals go through it also, it's not that misery loves company. It's that challenges that other people go through give us comfort because it means that we are not alone, that we're not the only ones going through it. Every time you laugh at a comedian, it's because they've said something that you can relate to. They might be talking about something sad through humor, but you're laughing because, oh, you can relate to that. When somebody, God forbid, has breast cancer or a miscarriage, you're watching and listening because you've gone through it and it makes you feel comfort that someone else has gone through it. So the fact that couples go through these hardships, we are watching and participating because they brought us on this ride and we're still on the ride. We don't get kicked out the minute it gets negative. So if you're a public person and you don't want people to talk about you, minimize publicity on the way in so you can minimize publicity on the way out. It's like having a prenup. It's for when something goes wrong. So don't blow up your relationship and every single aspect of this episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. But on the way in, if you don't want people to blow it up on the way out. My guest today is Danica Patrick, the most successful woman in American racing. She is widely known for her multiple firsts in the racing space. She's the first woman to win an IndyCars race, the first to host ESPN Sport Award Show. The list goes on. But she is not only a race car driver, she is an interesting person. She's now retired. She is just as successful off the track She's journeyed into entrepreneurship, owns a clothing business called Warrior by Danica Patrick. Additionally, she authored her first book titled Pretty Intense and even owns a vineyard in Napa for her wine business. Danica's journey as a sports superstar and businesswoman is full of inspiration. I hope you find some in her story as we welcome our guest, Danica Patrick. Enjoy. So it's funny because I was thinking of you and thinking I've had, I'm becoming this hub for athletes. I've had Lindsey Vaughn here, Apollo Ono, and I'm thinking, do you, it's a sport. Do you think of yourself as an athlete? Is that a stupid question? I mean, it's not totally stupid because it's not like, uh, I don't think, I think when we think of a sport, we think of kind of testing limits. Right, you're right. testing the limits of endurance. You're testing the limits of strength, and with racing, you aren't testing quite as many of those like physical limits that you would think of. You are testing like mental limits. I mean, being focused for two to five hours is a long span of time. Um, you're testing. I mean, you are. I mean, y- y- endurance plays a somewhat of a role, but more in. I would say hydration is another sort of thing, like body because preparation. Because of your adrenaline, because of the adrenaline. That's interesting. So it's not, you're not exert, is it better being relaxed? Like you're not exerting yourself the way that an athlete does? I would think you're like the jockey in the car. I really don't know what it would feel like. 
Um, it all depends on how relaxed you are and all depends on what's going on outside within your car as well as within your, within your surroundings on the track. So if, you know, if it's going crazy and the, and the car handles poorly, like the whole thing is much more, much more exhausting. Um, now if the car handles really well and you have a good race, everything's smooth and it's much less taxing. So, you know, one of the things too, is that and there's been lots of studies on this, is just the amount of drain on the body, whether you're using the mind or the body, is um, so muscles and physically or mentally. So there's a lot of studies on just how, how absolutely taxing on the body it can be. Actually, I think Tony Robbins talks about this. The amount of energy that he expends doing his workshops is like thousands of calories a day. And obviously he's not- I believe that. Jump, he's, not, he's not doing his rebounding, but he's, he's, he's talking and he's thinking and he's engaging. And that that is, it's actually a lesson that I've learned myself within the sort of physicality of wellness is that, I used to think of there being like two systems or maybe 10 systems where it's like, you know, I used my brain this day, but I haven't used my body yet. Or I've used my body, but you know, my legs are sore, but my arms aren't sore. And I used to just sort of like really stack a lot of um, limits on my body. And then I came to realize the hard way that the body is really just one system and it doesn't know, it's not, it's not, it doesn't matter if it's coming from your mind or an, an, an area of your body. It all works the same when it taxes your body. So I'd say racing airs a lot more on the mental taxing than the physical taxing of, let's say, like basketball or, right. or football. You know, those are some sports that um, really require a lot of physicality. Right, and you don't, if you are stressed out, something's probably wrong. You're supposed to be sort of in the zone. I, it's funny you say that because, so I'm thin and I'm fit, and I don't, I hate to, I, I say this embarrassed because everyone says I don't really have time. I, I choose sleep and I don't really exercise. I, I really, I'll go and do a, during the summer I'll do beach walks, and tonight I'm going to take my daughter roller skating. Um, and when I'm away somewhere, I'll try to do yoga. But honestly, I don't really exercise. I mean, and it changes throughout the year, but regularly, I, w- I wish I did more. But I'm constantly running around. I mean, to a level, and everyone around me thinks like, "How do you eat what you eat?" And how are you so fit? It's because I'm just not sitting still. I'm just running around doing one thing, the other, and my brain is going. And I think that to your point, Tony Robbins' point, that is an exercise. And years ago, I was much less busy. And worked out nonstop and cared so much about what I ate more than I do now. And I was much heavier. Huh. So it's in much less fit. So I think it is interesting. Being sort of a lean machine doesn't necessarily mean sitting on a spinning bike. Yeah, I agree. But you also hit on something that's kind of interesting too. And that's the, your thought and energy and association with what's going on. So if you feel like you don't look good or you feel like you're reaching really hard for a certain physical look, there's that sort of opposite resistance going on where you don't, where you, you, you're, you're afraid you won't get it or you think you look a certain way. And so, you know, when you think a certain thing is going to make you fat or not working out is going to make you unfit or unfat, like those things, your body is not hearing I'm fit. It's hearing I'm fat. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. I can't believe you're saying this. I believe energetically that when you don't feel good about something or you're binging or anxiety about anxiety, anxiety, I don't know if that's a word that you're not 
metabolizing in the same way. It's sort of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I really, really do believe that. It's funny you say that. That's so true. And it's letting go. Once people, it's same thing. If you don't, people, I don't have a boyfriend. I want a boyfriend. I want to meet someone. I feel it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy versus I'm happy. It's good. And I as soon as okay you stop looking, you find them, right? Like a job, like anything. I think it's great. No, wow. I never thought we'd be on this road and I'm so excited. Um, I'm curious what like a couple big lessons were for you in that area as examples for when you were like, light bulb. Well, the light bulb happened. I was going to Italy. I used to always, I was, I was living in New York. I was single and I used to be in my apartment. I'd go out and then I would binge and then I would juice fast or not eat for days. And then I would binge and it was like a cycle and it was more of an emotional cycle and uh, not purge. I've never had it. I've never thrown up, but, um, just be emotional about it, emotional about food. And I was going to Italy and what would happen in the past is I would go to a place like Italy or Spain. I would try to eat vegetables and eat really healthy. And then the last day I would just eat like a pound of paella or pasta because your body's rebelling. You wanted it all, you deprived yourself and then you just did it. And you then beat yourself up and then you're gonna come home and you're gonna be good because you were bad and it's an emotional roller coaster. And this one trip I went and I said, I'm going to enjoy Italy. And I'm going to, my diet is going to be a bank account. And it became, if you're gonna have the bread, then you don't need the dessert. But at that meal, you have the wine. If you're gonna have the small pasta, you eat the small gelato, but everything's smaller there. And you're just getting a full fat cappuccino, but it's not the size of Texas, like every drink here. And it just became this balance. And that's when I wrote my book, Naturally Thin, about food not being your best friend or your enemy, about quality versus quantity, about never binging, but that you never, no one ever got fat on a cookie or a piece of pizza. So it became a principle in and no one wanted to buy that book because they all said it needs to be 10 days to 20 pounds or some you know, promise of some bullshit egg white omelet that you're supposed to want to eat on a Tuesday. And I said, that's not what life is. If on Tuesday you're PMS, you're eating chocolate cake. Just don't eat the whole cake. And if you eat the cake, have salmon and salad for dinner, like balance it out. So that was the aha moment and it changed everything for so many people, but certainly The hard myself. thing is, is it takes that proof sometimes, right? Is to get to that point, to have an epiphany, to actually allow yourself to get into that space. Did you come back from that Italy trip that you went on after? Did you come back from that one look, looking jeans, the same? Jeans, fine, same jeans, all good. And then you were free, but also because you had been shackled for so many years on this ride of good, bad. And I have younger girls that work with me and I see them on that ride. I have you know, because they don't, they're afraid. You're afraid. I'm afraid to eat. I'll be bad. I was bad this weekend, so I'm not eating this. I mean, I see it. You know, youth is wasted on the young. You have oh to really just Oh my God, you just in. said the line. That's so true. I just was having this conversation. I was interviewing somebody and I, oh, I think I was interviewing Robert Green. And I was like, my old boss had told me this saying a long, long time ago. And he said, the youth is wasted on the young. And he was like, oh, no kidding. He's written like the 48 laws of power, the art of seduction, um, mastery. Um, mm -hmm. His new book is Daily Laws. But anyway, he's a really like prophetic writer and... Um, and he totally agreed. But I think about that all the time from a, uh, a physicality standpoint, like just kind of your body. I think about that also from a learning standpoint mostly where I'm like, oh God, I love learning now. I'm, I mean, I was just listening. Flipping, yeah. I was flipping off a YouTube video that I was listening to learning about something just before we started. And I have music kind of like yoga music in the background. I mean, I just consume, consume, consume. And so the youth is wasted on the young for sure. Um, but I mean, it's, it's kind of interesting. And the whole dynamic, it's, we're just, you know, another aspect, like we're just me 
meaning making machines. So we take this, you know, cookie and we go fat. We take this broccoli and we go skinny. It's like we have to make yeah. everything mean something. Exactly. Except Assigning for honestly, that, yeah. probably the emotional shit that's going on. And then we go, oh, that's their fault. Mm-hmm. We don't look at wow. how that we don't look at how that actually is looking at ourselves in some way or how totally. we react to it or associate with it. We just look at everything like, oh, push it away. It's not it's not me. That's unbelievable. It's so true. All right. Well, I can't believe we went on a road, which I'm so happy we t- took. So I keep using road because we're your driver. This is cool. <laughs> so fine. um all right. So you it seems like you grew up was it did you grow up in a middle class family? Working class? Yeah, working middle. I mean, they started off really poor. I mean, spent their last hundred dollars on a picnic table. Um, you know, when they before they had my sister and I, and um, but then my parents built a business, and you know, we were able to you know go racing, and my parents paid for it. So you know, we became more middle class for sure. Now, why racing? How does somebody really get into that if that's not what your parents do? That's the thing because I grew up at the racetrack, horse racing, which is very, you know, it's everybody's related at the racetrack but so to get into something that your parents weren't doing how does that happen Mm. well that sport my I mean my dad wasn't a professional driver my mom wasn't but my dad did so my mom and dad actually met on a blind date at a snowmobile race when they were in their early 20s and so my dad was racing snowmobiles at the time and my mom was there with a friend and this friend set him up on a date a blind date, and um, her name was Sue, and that's why my middle name is Sue, <laughs> because oh, really? it worked okay. out. They got married, and um, and then you know my sister and I. Well, I'm the oldest, and then my younger sister two years later. Um, but yeah, my parents had had us pretty quickly, and so um, so there is racing in the family. So there okay. there a love of racing for sure. Um, my dad raced snowmobiles. First he raced motocross, then he raced snowmobiles, then he raced midgets, which is this sort of dirt car on an oval. Um, and then he quit uh, racing once my sister was born. Ah, uh, okay. But so. How do you get into cars from snowmobiles? Is it just this world in the town that you are that this is racing all different sort of vehicles? It can get anywhere within racing. I would say like it's this interesting sport. It's good and bad because there's no real de- there's no real route, but yeah, there's that's also why it's really interesting. But there's also a lot of routes, right? Like look at it one way or the other. Um, as opposed to basketball, you go to high school and then you go to college and then from college you get drafted. I mean, like it's just one route. Yeah. Um, so you can go many different routes, but I started out in go-karts. So my dad did all of his kind of racing, and then go-karts was what we actually started racing, my sister and I. So my sister was eight and I was 10, and she was the one who really wanted to do it, not me. I, I just said I- for fun? For fun. For fun. Just for something to do together as a family. My dad worked a ton, and my mom like stayed at home. Like one of those home. places off the highway, you go go-kart racing. Just yeah, like I mean, regular, not, a fun, like, not a fun kart track, but a- a, a real go-kart track so they like they, a dirt mm, right it's it like was dirt. a road course so it was a pavement okay. road course and um but yeah you had to build your own go-kart and you had to register and you know oh, qualify okay. and perform in heats and then the race so it wasn't a fun kart track but right. i mean for all visual purposes it's kind of like that okay so you started doing it just for fun and just racing other people and then are you winning money or just winning my medals like what 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 is this a week every weekend you're going and you're doing this trophies um I started winning halfway through my first year. Um, my sister quit pretty quick. She didn't like it. She got bumped around a lot and didn't like that. And I liked it and I kept getting better and then I started winning halfway through the year 
And I also set the track record um, for the class that I was in. Um, so I got good pretty quick. I, I really liked, apparently, I didn't know this until later in life, but apparently I would ask my dad all the time to go to the track on Wednesday nights to go practice because apparently there was one open practice day a week you could go. And um, I don't remember that, but I love, like, it's, it's fun to do things that are instant gratification. And that I was totally the case, agree. right? It was lap times. So you go out there and you do like a, a 35.5 and then you like 35 seconds and five tenths. And then you go out and make a change and you know, you, maybe you change your driving, maybe you change the setup and you go out and you do a 35.2 you go three tenths quicker. Like it's, it's like quantifiable. It it yeah. So it was fun. And I loved that. That's funny. Cause I was speaking to Apollo Ono literally yesterday and he was talking in a similar fashion and saying that for business, for things that take nurturing and time, it's it's counterintuitive to him, even though good businesses, sometimes you have to plant the seeds and wait. And it's just, it's funny talking to two different people in two different sports about that similar principle. And also he was just instantly successful like, like you are. And, but you weren't, was this big fish, small pond, or this is, this is an area where people are really taking this seriously, this, this go-kart racing? Mm. Medium, medium. Okay. I mean, I, I think uh, it was a small town, small town track. Um, you know, I mean, yeah, medium. I think the South is pretty big for it. If you go around the Charlotte area, like where NASCAR's home is or um, sort of dirt racing in Indiana and that area where Indian, Indy 500 is and, mm-hmm. and pavement. But, um, but yeah, I'd say it's medium. I mean, it's not the middle so, of nowhere, but. Right. So you're winning. So, ha- so how do you know you've got something? Because you're, you're not in the epicenter of this thing and you're still young. And how old are you at the time? I'm 10. Um, and okay, so, and that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm 10 and I, I would say that the fact that, okay, I won on that level and a lot of these stories are from my dad because I don't really remember how it yeah. went, but he said, you know, I kept taking you to the next level to see how you do with the next level of competition. And so then we would go regionally and then I won regionally and then we went national and then I won nationally. And so like, as you progress like that, um, my dad was like, I mean, I just kept challenging you and you kept being able to do it. And so that's kind of when, you know, you've got something. And you were enjoying it. Yeah. I mean, yes. The very interesting this is like the I mean yes for sure I've always loved racing but I never like I loved aspects of racing and I think this is something important across the board with people and what they do for work is that while I don't think racing itself was like the most important part it was aspects within it so and I guess I learned this on the back end like a lot of times we learn things backwards right we were at the end we're like oh that's what that was for you know Mm. um but I would say at the end because of what went away I realized what I loved about it which was I loved the I loved setting a goal and achieving it I loved the journey I loved um progressing and I loved having hope that the next race or the next season was going to be a better season and once that came to an end or once I felt like it was going to come to an end and there was just like, I'm not going to drive for that team anymore. It might be this team. Um, I, you know, things were just sort of declining and I was like, that, I don't want to do it anymore. And so I didn't, and, and I guess the, an example is like, I don't go 
to the races for fun. I don't watch, I don't watch a ton of racing for fun. I think that every athlete, at least all the ones that I've talked to, there is, um, a little bit of a retreat mode that happens when you're done with your sport. Mm -hmm. You kind of just, you don't have a good, I talked to Dorothy Hamill about this. You need to develop a new relationship with it. You're not just yeah. casually getting into a car and strolling around or whatever like that. And like you're not taking also a like there at the track. And it's like, there's like this I intermission where you have to like take a pause. And mm-hmm. it's not that you're like, mm, you're just like, I don't care. I don't care. And so, it, and, and what I find now is that I retired you got in. full too. You get full on something. Yeah. You know, and there's a reason why you're done, right? Yeah. If you weren't, you'd still keep doing it. So, you know, now I find myself like doing races, like uh, doing broadcasting for the Indy 500 and for Formula One. And now I'm going to do some NASCAR races and more Formula One races. And so now I find myself this year, all of a sudden I'm back to like a half season of racing again, you know? Because <laughs> you're took... redefining the relationship. Exactly. With the, with exactly. The sport. What about, well, wow, I thought of so many things when, I was, when you were just talking. So you're a person like myself, if the tables go cold, you walk out. You're okay with that. Like when you don't, you want to be the best, you want to be optimum and the best, or you don't need to do it, but not in a bitter way. It's just like, we're good. I had my moment, my big long moment and I was the best and it probably felt the best to be the best at something. That's another thing you didn't mention about the journey, but being even no matter what it is, being just the best at something is good. Like on, it sounds so stupid to compare myself to you, but being on the real house, I was going into a trip when I'd come two days later than anybody else and leave one day earlier. And the producers would say, we edited out when you weren't there. We need you there. Cause all the magic happens when you're there. Cause you're like, you know, it sounds yep. stupid. You like walking in and being like, that's happening. This is happening. Put this together da, 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 and peace out. So you are the best at that. You want to be the best. There's an aspiration to do a good job and bring your a game. And, um, also the ego just loves it, you know? And we all have an ego. And the the point is to not get rid of it. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand 
attempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. It's to create a healthy relationship with it and not let it lead your life. So what did success mean to you as a child? What does it mean now? Um, you know, you're redefining your relationship with a sport, but extending relevance, success, business, money, like that whole pot. Well, it's an interesting question because as you get older, um, you know, I think that we have a narrow focus at some point at, when we're young and then it just kind of keeps getting more and more broad. So success at one point looked like, you know, if you answered, oh, it'd be to have a million dollars and, um, you know, win this or get promoted to that or own that or build this. Like there's this sort of more um, superficial or um, tangible things that are like uh, uh, you, could, you could recognize with a result. Um, but as you get older, like success is, success is a state of mind. Kind of it's like your state of being. And, you know, do you have a life that allows you to be able to be in that state of being more often? And it doesn't mean that there aren't, you know, efforts and, you know, things that have to go on that are, um, that take time and time and, and are frustrating, but, you know, you got it, you have a bigger, bit of a grander view of it. So, I mean, success is really about for me, um, number one adventure and being able to um, have independence and time. I think that's still sort of like a part of me that's healing from all those days of racing from 10 till 37, where the, my, my schedule was not my own schedule. Mm -hmm. Like I was always at the mercy of the racing and the schedule itself as well as testing and a sponsor appearance, like you name it, it was not my time. And um, so I think I'm still kind of healing that. Like I'm about to go on a retreat for nine days and people think that's long and I'm like, oh no, I'm stoked. Like I, I never got to do this kind of thing before. Um, so, so that kind of stuff feels really like good to me. Like you don't define, you define your, I define my life by the empty spaces, like getting that time to breathe, not being jammed up. And I, that was in Joan Rivers documentary, how she said that she sort of saw her identity or defined herself by the days that she was busy and I'm the opposite it's like how do we get to the time where we're not busy yeah and and be fulfilled right and yes. and so and also so I think the first thing that's important to me and to, that what makes me feel six, like success or 
happiness in my life is to, because I think they kind of go hand in hand, is, is having adventure and mm-hmm. having that space for that and the means to do that. Um, and then after that is a purpose, right? So fulfillment. So I find a lot of purpose and I find a lot of fulfillment in growing and learning and seeing new cultures and going to places and, you know, just expanding as a person. Um, but I get, I, I think it's also for me, it's very important. I think for everybody, we want to be a part of something. So it's about growing things. I did a, um, a summit, my first ever summit, um, uh, last month with all of my companies because I now have enough crap going on that I'm like all right we need to all like start to work together more we need to all Mm -hmm. be more in unison I know that it's very hard to do and it's important but it's I I mean I do so many things that you know like for instance like I have two wines and now I have a candle company and it's the candles are in wine glasses so I'm like look everything I do works together because it comes from me so Mm -hmm. it's it 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 it's there's so many pathways here to exponentially grow all the businesses so I had my first summit and I I was uh, out for a walk in the morning before we started that day and um, I had an epiphany that was you know just about the message to the to the group to start and what came to me was that I wanted them to know that the meeting was not about the purposes of the company and the meeting was not necessarily like how do we make Danica money if that was if, if I was worried about that I would have sold these businesses a long time ago because they take mm-hmm. a long time to get going are they licensing businesses or do you own them? Um, uh, like I make wine. I have two different wine companies, candle companies. I tasted the first one. What's the first one? Do you make it with the guys from Cisco? No. Um, I have What's a... What's the first one called? Somnium is the... Re- we make a Cabernet. It's Napa Valley. Napa Valley wine. Um, okay. And so we make a, two cabs, a Sab Blanc and a Rosé. And then I have a French Rosé company um, made in Provence. And what's, so and what's that called? one's called Danica Rosé. I tasted that. Oh, good. But... Yeah, I had that, but wasn't the guy, the guy, I forgot his name, the guy from who owns Cisco Breweries in um, Nantucket was the one who gave it to oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we think we sell it quite a bit out there. Oh, okay. But I, th- I thought that, yeah, and there was another guy involved too, Eddie, I think. I don't remember how they were involved. Yeah. Um, anyway, it was good. I liked the bottle Thank too. You. Congratulations. Thank you. And so the message that I wanted to give them was that not that it was like, hey, everybody, here's how you're going to help me make money. I told them, I was like, look, the this is about how we can help people. That's the whole reason why all these companies started in the first place is to bring value, bring awareness, bring expansion to people, whether it's the podcast or the mission for the wine, you know, the podcast to open people's minds up. The, uh, the, the wine is to make them more present with the company that they're with and sharing and, and, and bringing community, like having community with people, um, Mm -hmm. and getting back to that old fashioned talking amongst ourselves instead of texting. And, Mm -hmm. The candle is about being able to get more in touch with the sort of spiritual side of you because there's intention and and oils and scents within the each candle that is curated for a purpose. Um, so anyway, there's always a point to all of my companies, and so I told them I was like, look, we're here to help people. Yeah, do I want to do I want to lose money? No, but are we here to help people? Number one, yeah. That's awesome. What about um, being? Have you? Did you think about man's world, man's sport, being taken seriously as a woman? Is that something that ever came into your mind? Yeah. Yeah. It did. It was pretty, very prevalent. I mean, it was, yeah. I mean, I was the only, other than, my sister and I started, so other than us, it was was it (laughs) for girls. And you, but what did you, what was your feeling about that? Meaning people often ask me that question and I always say I didn't, 
I didn't think about it. So, so many people do think about it or are reminded of it. I had blinders and I don't know why. So tell me about your perspective on it and what you experienced. I know what you're getting at. And, um, you know, because I get, I used to get, especially when I was in racing, asked about being a girl a lot. And, um, what I ended up realizing was that it's because I didn't think of myself as being different that I wasn't different out there. Like I didn't right. put I didn't put certain parameters around my expectation levels for myself because of what another girl did because that's not how I thought of myself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that um, I think when we associate the more we kind of distill things down to a certain ideological bucket of who we are, then we uh, we kind of lose the pure potentiality. You also didn't like being on the cover of a magazine and then being called a sex symbol as a result because if it was a man on the cover who's an athlete, you wouldn't, he wouldn't be called a sex symbol necessarily just because he's on the cover of a magazine. But the, and then is that was that the was that the story? It's not that I was mad. It was that it's I don't care. Call me a sex symbol. That's fine. I want to be sexy. That's why I'm okay with doing it because I I'm not just one thing. I'm not just a race car driver. I'm a woman. I am caring, but I'm also I want to be sexy. Like we all want to be a lot of things. We're not we're not. I think the hard the worst thing that we can do that makes life the most difficult is when we get pigeonholed into being one thing. Then that's all that we as a persona are to the world. Well, yeah, I didn't like that there was criticism about you marketing yourself being attractive or sexy as a driver as if you don't have the merit to back that up because we're all, first of all, we're in the land of every social media, every filter, everything. Why wouldn't you just be like, hi, I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I'm successful. I'm strong. I'm good at this. Like go out with everything you got. What are you supposed to like put no makeup on because you're driving a car? Yeah, I didn't wear makeup, um, but I no, I'm did, saying, but yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just shave your head bald because you're driving. You're not supposed to be pretty. So I never had a problem with it. What I did, though, was what I, I like to call out the hypocrisies that existed. So if someone wanted to talk about how, um, you know, uh, their perspective, their opinion on thinking on me being sexy in photos outside of the race car and using my sexuality, um, I just would like to say, oh, that's not okay, but so-and-so driver posing with his suit down and no shirt on for a fitness magazine is not, is okay. So Uh. I never cared. I just like to prove my point. The playing field being even. Yeah, that's make, that makes it, you don't care. Good, bring it, but I get it. That's perfect. Um, That makes perfect sense. Um, What have you failed at? Everything until I got better. but let's see. Hmm. I mean, I love the I love the thought and the saying, and I don't know who's saying it is, and I'm gonna I'm not getting it exactly right, but that it's that you haven't failed until you quit, right? So so really, it's that's, a matter of I, I mean, love that. so it's just when you quit, that's when you've failed if you are exiting for some reason. So I actually instead of thinking about what I've failed at. Okay, look, I was not very good at tumbling. That was something I wasn't very good at. I would say I pseudo failed at that. Um, but I would say that uh, I would say that you know I want to shift it more to a conversation around quitting, like I said, and then the lesson of letting go because again, you haven't failed until you quit. And so when you're done doing something, for instance, racing. It taught me the difference between quitting and letting go. Mm-hmm. That's that's actually that's true. So 
quitting is quitting for like me. Like a Tom Brady moment. Yeah, he's like letting go. I, yeah, I, he didn't that's quit. A like, right. Yeah. He let go finally. Yeah. And it's like you just have to finally get enough signs and have a different enough feeling inside of you that goes like, I'm not as happy as I need to be right now and I want to do something else. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I believe that, you know, I think that we're here in this life to grow and evolve. And whenever, you know, a new version of you emerges, the old one has aspects that need to die. And so it's like the saying, like your old, your new life's going to cost you your old one. So, you know, I think that growing and evolving is a beautiful thing in life. And so I realized I was just at a point with racing where I, I just, it, I had to let it go. I, I did, it didn't make me as happy as it used to. I wasn't, I didn't enjoy the atmosphere, the job itself. And I wasn't inspired in the aspects of it that I felt like were like really feeding my, my love for being. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owners, racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league, starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX is clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey there. Did you know that May is Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is celebrating by highlighting some cool AAPI-owned brands like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Maeve. I mean, I love that a big brand like Macy's is supporting Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It's important. But you know what? The best reason to check out these brands is that they're just really awesome. Seriously, you need to check them out. And you know what else? You have a great opportunity to open up access to college for AAPI students and help them succeed by donating to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. You can donate online or just round up your purchase at Macy's when you check out. So do what you can to help. Join Macy's and round up your purchase to the nearest dollar at checkout to support APIA scholars. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander owned brands at Macy's.com or in store. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. Love this. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Imagine the feeling of pulsing electric shocks. Sounds like a nightmare, right? While individual experiences may vary, it's how some people describe shingles. This painful blistering rash could interrupt your life for weeks. It could even force you to cancel social events or weekend plans. Over 99% of adults 50 years or older already carry the virus that causes shingles. One in three people will get it in their lifetime. Why wait? Ask your doctor or pharmacist about shingles today. In there? 
um, like I talked about at the beginning. So I just, I decided to let it go. What about fear? Like how, are you fearless? Have you had crazy fears while driving a car so fast? Like, what about anxiety in the car? What about not being present and thinking about other things and then thinking about the fact that you're not thinking, that you're not present in that kind of moment where everything matters? I just can't imagine what that, that's very Buddhist to sort of get yourself together. I um, took a trip to uh, around the world, but part of it was to go meet the Dalai Lama. And there was a Buddhist monk on the trip. And um, he was telling me that he's like, I think your racing was your moving meditation. And there's a truth to that because, you know, you're so present with what's going on and you're so kind of in, you're just dealing with what's happening at that very moment all the time. There's not a and lot of... And you always are. You, you never are not. You have never not been. Oh, I mean, if you get distracted, sometimes you have a pit stop coming up. Sometimes you get frustrated with a driver. Um, there's lots of stuff that can take you out for the moment. But generally, the job is to be really present and to be right. really, you know, like with the car. Um, yeah. And so, so yeah. And then he told me I should write a book called The Speed of Consciousness. And I haven't done that yet. But, um, but anyway... This afternoon. Yeah, yeah, right. Books. Oh my gosh, you've written books, right? They're just a lot of I've work. Written books. They're yeah, a lot I of know. work, and they're endless. But fear. Have you been really afraid? And are you afraid in the moment, or you're afraid before or after? Like, are you like afraid at the moment of speed? Just like this is too much. Only with no. the anticipation of it. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Are you lucky or smart? What percentage lucky? What percentage smart? Ooh, I like that question. Um. Hmm, man, probably. Well, first I'm going to say that the most important thing to getting what you want is believing you can get it. It's kind of back to that energy okay. of food that we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's like the right energy. Yeah. Not like grasping at yes. something, but so, you just yeah. believe. Like when well, you believe it already exists. It's the secret. That, it's like yeah, once you believe you already have it. It's just mm-hmm. a, it's just kind of waiting for it. Um, it's funny. I watched The Secret and then I went and won in Japan in IndyCar. And that was the IndyCar race that I won. And I watched it probably a month or two before I went, a month before I went. It was a very ironic situation. And then for me to be able to interview uh Rhonda Byrne about it afterwards was really cool like so I just interviewed her six months ago or so I would say hmm, I think as I get along in my journey luck has a little bit more to do with alignment with knowing who you are and what you want and while it seems like luck it's really that you have sort of like dialed your inner compass into what you want so much that you can't help but get it. Like attract it. And exactly. you're teed up for it. Yeah. I mean I yeah, you're showing up to it. It seems like magic. It seems lucky. Yeah. But really it's it's not. It's because you had the belief that something was going to come along and then it did. Right. And, so, and you're prepared for it. So yeah, but I would say, you know, and smart is something where I used to be very dismissive of intelligence because I dropped out of high school when I was 16. I moved to England. I went racing instead of finishing high school and going to college. So I kind of went to my own college. And um, 
And when I came back, I got my GED. And uh, so I got my GED before my friends all graduated. But that's my education. And, you know, it only it isn't until the last year or two, really, last couple of years, where I'm willing to say, like, willing to say that I'm intelligent, willing to say that, um, that I'm smart. Um, and that's mostly because people tell me I am. Like it took that mirroring, it took me, it took for me to see myself in other people in the Mm -hmm. kind of people that I enjoyed being around, um, the kind of uh, things that I did with myself, um, um, outside of anything else, like digesting information, whether it be YouTube or books or whatever it is. Um, realizing that, um, yeah, enough people told me, cause I would say I'm not smart and they're like, that's not true. And I was well, like, because you didn't know. have a metric, you didn't have a sort of label going through, yeah. you know, graduating here, the labels. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, your rose and your thorn of your career. Um, probably, uh, the rose would probably be, it's hard to pick because I think that, you know, my first Indy 500, I, I almost qualified on the pole and I almost won the race in my very first time in it. And so that was like a pretty big pivotal thing, maybe even more so than winning in Japan when I did. Um, That was kind of more expected after Mm -hmm. that happened because it was only my fourth IndyCar race of my life and I almost won it. And so and it was the Indy 500. And so that's probably the rose, to be honest. And then I'd say "Mm, the thorn. um, I mean, in a way. That first Indy 500 could also be looked at somewhat of a thorn <laughs> because I almost ran out of gas, and so I was been I had led I was leading, and then I got passed, uh, and then I was second on a restart, and I passed the leader for the lead, and you know there's only a few more laps left, and I had to dial back the fuel because we were running low, and. Um, and as I dialed it back, the car behind me was able to catch me more. And then once he caught me enough, I, I just couldn't do anything about it anymore. And so, um, you could have had it. Well, I would have said that like in my, I don't want to change my life because everything, you know, sliding doors effect. But, um, but I will say that interestingly enough, that would have been, that would have been the one to win for sure. Um, because I, I had two and a half gallons left and, um, you know, we just didn't I love have the... when someone makes it the same. It's not that often on here, but I asked that question. I love when it's someone's rose and their thorn are the same. It doesn't happen. I love that. That's exciting. It's like a winning something. <laughs> um, wow. Well, it was so nice to meet you. I really enjoyed this conversation. I honestly, you're so interesting and so sweet and, uh, I'm impressed. Aw, thanks. I definitely enjoy this. I think we have a lot in common and I love being able to touch on stuff that is, you know, the racing is important because that's how people know me, but just even the sort of aspects of evolution that I have, uh, you know, cultivated for myself since then and, and just other interests that I have. It's fun who to talk you about. Are. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. who you actually are. Yeah, now I know you. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's why I'm not just a show. race car driver, right? So I'm exactly. also like sexy. I'm also, I make wine. I also have candles. I also have a podcast. I also, you know, love person. learning. And so yeah. anyway. Yeah, I love that. Well, yeah, you're actually in a box when you're in the car. So now you're out of the car <laughs> and you're not in the box. Right. So, um, so nice to meet outside the box. So nice to meet you and have a wonderful day. And I hope we get to meet in person again. Yeah, me too. We'll, we'll do something. Uh, we'll, we'll drink together instead of that um, go-kart thing we did on your show. Sounds pretty. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the difference between that show and the show and everything else. <laughs> have an awesome day. All right, you too. Thanks. 
Talking to Danica was amazing. She's so sweet, so insightful, interesting. I didn't know so much about her. I didn't know how spiritual she is, that she didn't graduate from high school, uh, that she's an entrepreneur, and what a badass. That was a great conversation. So remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And thank you, as always, for listening. Just Be is hosted by me, Bethany Frankel. Just Be is a production of Be Real Productions, iHeartRadio, and Blue Duck Media. Our EPs are Morgan Lavoie, Antonio Enriquez, and Kara Hitt. To catch more moments from the show, follow us on Instagram at Just Be with Bethany. So Puerto Rico is a beautiful place. It's a lush island. It's great for surfing. It's got a culture. Like you feel like you've really gone somewhere far and you don't need a passport, which honestly I do really enjoy. It's a beautiful island. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. The water, the beaches, the vibe. It's a great place. It really is. In Puerto Rico, you'll taste the influence of Spanish, African, and native Taino traditions, sometimes all in the same dish. Puerto Rican chefs and restaurants put their passion into every bite. Puerto Rico is an excellent destination for food, which may not be a well-known fact. Whether it's a five-star restaurant or local favorite spot, no one does food like Puerto Rico. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.